You're listening to the Remax Hustle Podcast, brought to you by Remax of Western Canada. Well, welcome to the Remax Hustle Podcast. My name is Wade Patterson. I'm a franchise coordinator with Remax of Western Canada, and I am your host for this audio experience. The Remax Hustle Podcast is all about providing you with value by leveraging the knowledge and expertise of our Remax network. On this episode, I'm joined by Tony Joe of Remax Camos in Oak Bay. Since 1991, real estate has been Tony's main focus. He is team leader of the Prime Real Estate team and is known as an innovator in the field for leading the way in technology, community involvement, and customer experience. Tony is past president of the Victoria Real Estate Board, host of the Whole Home Show on CFAX 1070, and chairs numerous other committees while being a serial community volunteerist. Tony, welcome to the Remax Hustle Podcast. Thanks for having me, Wade. I'm out of breath after that intro, and my first question is how you find the time to do everything that I just mentioned. You know, it's a question that comes up all the time, uh, and, you know, I'll have people every once in a while say, do you have a double or something? Do you have a duplicate? How do you do this? And the reality is I, uh, scheduling is so important, and... You know, it's something that I was not good at before. Uh, I, 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 in fact, I was terrible at it. I was late for things all the time. And I've just learned to, to make sure that we schedule not only important things during the week of the month, but we also make sure that we schedule um, our personal time. So scheduling is, is probably the, the main thing there. It allows us to do a lot more than, than expected. So diving a bit deeper into that, are there tools or apps or how do you go about being a good scheduler? Well, so I've got a team. Uh, I've got a team. There's three selling licenses, including myself, and I have uh, admin as well. We all have access to each other's calendars, and we also have the ability to book each other uh, for for appointments. So, you know, the neat thing is before we ask each other if they are, if somebody else is available, for instance, to do a showing tomorrow, we look at calendars first, and we made a promise to each other that we will keep our schedules as close to 100%. Uh, accurate as possible. And honestly, we do that very well. That also includes the going away time because uh, I'm away a fair amount. Uh, Our team member, Kyle Kerr, who was the immediate past president of the Victoria Real Estate Board in 2018, he's away a fair amount as well too. And we got to make sure that that we have coverage for our clients as they they need us. So yeah, just being really relentless with scheduling. And, And the other thing too, is making sure that, uh, I sort of mentioned our, our family lives are scheduled. I have kids, there's kid events. I wanna make sure all those things are scheduled so I don't miss them. I do not book appointments around things that are family important because you know that's the reason why we're here, right? 100%, no, that's a really good point. I'm wondering though, how is that conversation work with clients? Is it articulated early on that you know this is the priority and, and do you have to explain that and, and are they pretty understanding as well? When people sign up with us, they are signing up with a team. So they know that they don't have just one person. They have multiple contacts uh, with most of our team members. Our, our operations manager, of course, is the uh, key uh, communications person with our sellers, for instance. She's the one that books all the appointments and everything. But the rest of the team actually has contact with uh, buyers and sellers as well, too. So you know, we've made sure that when consumers work with us, they know that they're getting a team experience and not just an individual. That also sort of answers the objection or the concern that some new teams have about, well, does a client feel like I'm passing them on to an underling, right, during the transaction? We never get that because because we're all equals. 
That's awesome. I love that approach. I want to talk a little bit about community involvement, and that can be done in several different ways. But for somebody who's maybe just starting out in the business or perhaps somebody that's new to a brand new city, how can they immerse themselves in the community? Oh, my goodness. This is, this is such an important conversation. I bring this up all the time. I brought it up at uh, SAOs uh, with you in, in Kelowna. Um, service organizations. So we're talking things like Rotary, Kiwanis, Lions, uh, Oddfellows, there's so many different groups. Service organizations are all hungry for new, vibrant members to help them along. I think we all know that service groups are, um, you know, many of them are sort of dying. They have a hard time recruiting. The people that they're looking for are, are really what real estate individuals are ideally set as. They're community-minded people. We don't work nine-to-five schedules. We're flexible. Um, we have uh, a great knowledge of the community and often a lot of connections in the community as well. It makes a lot of sense to go and uh, go and visit some of these groups and join them and get active. It's not just a matter of going to meetings, like a lunch meeting or a breakfast meeting. You got to really roll your sleeves up and start doing things where you're spending time with other um, community members and getting to know them on a personal basis, because that's why people ultimately end up hiring you. You know, it's not necessarily because you've got a great ad in a newspaper. It's because they've had a chance to get to know you and meet you and spend time with you. And you get to prove your your uh, your mettle, right? Yeah, great point. And one thing that you had mentioned, you, you brought up SAO, which stands for Sales Associate Orientation, which we have here in Kelowna about once a month. And one of the messages that you shared was that BNI group, sometimes there's kind of a spot for one real estate agent. And a lot of times that's taken up but encourage people to actually start their own group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a little separate from uh, the community piece. Uh, community, of course, being, uh, again, service organizations, but business groups, yes, most definitely important. Uh, the the realtor, as you mentioned, the realtor position in BNI chapters, for instance, really hard to get because whenever a realtor retires, there's usually five or six or seven other agents that are vying for the same position. It really is the, the spot to have in a business group. And especially for somebody who is either new to a town or starting out in the real estate business, going to be really hard to compete with, with um, uh, you know, well-known agents in the town. So there's nothing wrong with starting up your own group. And that way you get the chance to sort of create something from scratch and, and build something uh, of real meaning. For, for us, our um, uh, COI, our circle of influence, uh, generates about 32% of our revenue every year. So it's a big piece. Wow, that's huge. No kidding. And beyond being involved in your local community, one thing that a lot of people within Remax know about you is how much you've embedded yourself within the Remax community itself by attending various events. How have those relationships impacted your career? Oh, they're they're huge. They're huge. I I, I got to say it's it's like family. Um, oh, where do we begin with this one? Um, I love going to conferences because of the fact that uh, I get to reconnect with people who really and truly have become very good friends. So it's a lot more than just people who could possibly refer business to me. I mean. That happens anyways, and, and it happens the same in reverse as well, too, where, you know, if I know somebody who's going to Oshawa, I know who to call. Somebody who's going to Halifax, I know who to call. Um, these these connections are are, are, are huge. I mean, speaking of percentages, I just said 32% of our business is COI. 20, uh, 21% is realtor referrals. So, again, it's it's a big piece of our business. I I could not imagine stopping the investment of going to conferences. 
because let's face it, um, you might have a great referral connection right now, but you might be a great referral connection right now. But if you stop connecting with these people at any time, they'll meet somebody else who's from your market area. And before you know it, you will no longer be their number one choice. Absolutely. And, and so when you attend these different events and make that investment, what are some of the ways to best utilize your time when you're there? I mean, is it all about attending every single session? Is it more about the social networking, the the parties, the cocktail hours? How do you spend your time when you're at these conferences? Well, we're there to learn, right? So anything that we can learn that will uh, give us an edge in our marketplace or learning any sort of systems or tools uh, or technology that we can bring back home to innovate, that's the number one job. So that's the, the main reason why I'm there. Socialization, obviously, really, really important. But, you know, let's face it, we get too many late nights. Uh, we start missing the mornings of the conference. And I think there's a lot of value to them. Right. So one of my commitments is I'm always up for the first event. And uh, if that means being a little more careful the night before, then I, I most definitely will do so. Um, but uh, the, the other thing as well is to remind people when you're at a conference and you have the opportunity for lunch or, um, you know, a food break or something. Never sit with your friends. Interested in learning more about a career in real estate? Head over to joinremax.ca. So digitally, Tony, you've leveraged a lot of mediums. I mean, podcasting, video, social media, and I'm sure you've found value in doing so. But at the same time, all of those things take a lot of time. So what would you say to somebody who's thinking about diving a little deeper digitally um, and, and they're, I'm sure they're considering where do they start and is the ROI worth it to take on some of those things? I mean, there's so much to consider with social media and I would say it's, it would be very difficult for somebody to come in cold and master all of the areas, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, YouTube, and all those things. Probably a good idea to start mastering one at a time and start using something that you know you will use on a regular basis, right? Um, when it comes to videos, uh, we've been doing videos now for, I don't know, I guess about seven years or so. Um, we have just found that it makes a lot of sense to create a library of data and information. Uh, because I, I think one of the most important things that consumers will find is when they're thinking of working with you, they will search for you. So they'll look you up, they'll Google you, and they'll see what kind of footprint that you have. You know, whether that is video, whether it is podcast or things like that, um, because it, it's in, in today's day and age, people want to know who they're dealing with before they even call you. Right? Absolutely. Do you have any specific examples of maybe a time you created a video or any sort of piece of content and maybe forgot about it? And then months later, that turned out to be a client relationship. That's an easy one. So I, I have done um, a few times now a video the first week of the year uh, having to do with property assessments. Right. And if you go to my YouTube channel, you'll find it there. I think I've got like five or six different versions. You know, my hair is getting grayer, clothing you know, <laughs> uh, styles change, whatever. But the, but the message is still the same, which is, uh, what does your assessment mean to you? You've received your assessment in the mail. Does it mean that your property has gone up or gone down? Or will it mean that your taxes go up and go down? Uh, and I answer those questions and they're, they're sitting there. And I had somebody, I think it was like in uh, August or something, one year, probably three or four years ago, that found the video and it ended up being a, a piece of business. 
it's an example of somebody just searching, doing research, and then bumping into someone who they thought, hey, sounds like you might know what he, you know, he's got some knowledge. That alone seems like it's worth the time investment, definitely. And with all these different things we've been talking about that you are involved with, what's your goal setting routine? I mean, do you have one? Is it often audited? How do you keep yourself accountable to achieving all of these things you want to do? Yeah, so our team does a team planning session every year in about October. So we will set our team goal for the upcoming year. Uh, We have a countdown and a binder that we review every Monday. So we have a Monday team meeting at lunch, Mondays at 1 o'clock. Generally speaking, the entire team is there, and uh, we've got a countdown. So, you know, we know right now what percentage of the year we're at. For example, you know, at the time of your recording right now, we're at, uh, I think it's 28%. Right. And we know where we're standing. I know that Kyle's at 36% of his goal. I know that I'm at 24% of my goal. So it, it keeps us sort of grounded and uh, keeps us focused. Um, so, yeah, the, the important thing is not only creating a set of goals, but also reviewing it on a regular basis. And like I said, we do it every Monday. That's so important. And keeping on the theme of teams, a lot of new people who are getting into the industry, we tend to realize that there's a bigger percentage that are kind of looking into to teams as starting out their real estate career. Any thoughts or perspective you could give to that? Who, who would a team be right for? What type of situation? I've said many times before that uh, when I started 28 years ago, if teams existed back then, I would seriously have considered joining one because one of the things that a team can help a new person do is get up to speed much quicker and and to start a, a lot quicker. So, for instance, um, uh, we just hired a new operations manager. Uh, it's almost two months ago now, six six weeks ago. And in her, for the month of March, we did uh, seventeen transactions. And when you think about it, it was trial by fire for her because she went through almost every scenario that could happen to her uh, from an operational standpoint. And it would be a very different story if if we did one sale or two sales. She would not learn as quickly uh, how to deal with uh, every scenario. It's the same is true with us as well, too, as licensees. You know, in order to get in front of more consumers, more closings, more listings, more buyers. Sometimes being a team or being part of a team is, is not a bad way to go. And, and you mentioned there, if you were getting into the business and, and had that option, maybe you'd go with the team initially. And going further to that, what else? I mean, what else have you learned over the years that if you could go back to day one with that knowledge that maybe you'd change? So, so team for sure. But I think it's really important that someone joins a team under the right pretenses, right? Because, because, I mean, every team leader out there in the Western Canada system, system has bumped into this situation before many times where somebody will approach them and say, I want to join your team uh, because I want to learn really quick so that I can go back out on my own. And when you think about it, you, you need to consider as that new licensee, how attractive is that to the team leader, Right. It also depends on the team. So does the team leader generate leads? Does the team leader, um, you know, what, what, what is their system and, and, uh, and process like? Because, you know, for, for me, I don't want that revolving door. I like consistency. I like knowing that Angie's been with me for uh, eight years. Kyle's been with me for four years. Um, I don't like a lot of turnaround, right? 
So how do you articulate that in those early conversations? Maybe somebody's interested in joining the team. How do you make yeah. that clear that that's kind of one of your standards that's important? Oh, I had it just uh, maybe a month ago. A, a brand new licensee uh, came and sort of had that discussion with me. And and uh, I explained, I said, you know, um, I need to make sure that Angie and Kyle are kept busy. They are my priority. And, you know, until such time as as we are overwhelmed with a massive abundance of leads, uh, you know, we're not. This is the reason why I keep a very tight, small team of three selling licenses. You know, that's that's just the way I we've decided to do it. We don't want to go too wide. Right. Um, but, you know, for for a new licensee, getting back to, to, to the context of what we're talking about here, I think it's a good beginning as long as they pick the right team. No, that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. And Tony, as you know, you, you've been a listener of the podcast, which we appreciate. And every podcast ends with a hustle tip. So essentially, oh. when you need to get something done, what is your Remax hustle tip for accomplishing that task? You know, I'm going to circle back to accountability with the team. I, I mentioned at the very beginning of, of this here that our team has access to our own schedules, right? Uh, if one of us, including myself, is having uh, an issue or needs to get something done ASAP, we, we lean on the rest of the team to push us along. If that means scheduling that, that, that item into uh, the schedule and making sure it gets done, then that's the way it is. You know, at the end of the day, it's funny, you know, we, we don't we don't find that we need that hustle very often because I think consistently we're sort of in that state anyways. That That's a good message to wrap it up with is consistency and accountability being so important. Well, thanks so much, Tony, for taking your time or taking the time, I should say, to share your knowledge on this episode of the Remax Hustle podcast. Thanks for having me, Wayne. And that's all for this episode. We hope that you took away an idea or a strategy to help grow your business and perhaps most importantly, allow you to continue that Remax Hustle. We'll catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening to the Remax Hustle podcast. Please make sure to subscribe and rate this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from. 